how do we take all of these user experiences and create something that's appealing for the mainstream user, someone that doesn't even know what crypto is? Your character consists of multiple tokens, so it's a, it's a combination of, in this case, five tokens that you can switch out, upgrade, specialize individually. But when you compose them all into this one character, it's a pretty unique item you've created, both in its story and legacy, as well as what it can do within the game application itself. Today's episode is sponsored by Bitstamp and Crypto.com. Hello, I'm Coindesk reporter Lee Quinn, here with Blockade Games co-founder Marguerite de Corcel to talk about Bitcoin, gaming, and modern art. Thanks very much for joining us today, Marguerite. Thanks for having me, Lee. I'm really excited because I want to hear about your artistic journey. There's so many different kinds of mediums that you've experimented with. Can you tell me how you first started incorporating Bitcoin into your art, whether that be painting or writing or designing? Sure. Back in 2013, I started mining alongside my family. And it really got me thinking about what are these distributed networks? What are these computers talking to each other, solving these puzzles, essentially, to unlock a Bitcoin or create a Bitcoin? And in thinking about that, I started to realize that this money existed in such a way that you didn't need a third party to give it to you. You could, if you knew the, the right combination of letters and characters, you could own this Bitcoin. So at the time I was a fine artist and painting. Um, and this is my background is, is fine art from school. And I was wondering what experience it would be like if you took that information and you encoded it basically into the actual art piece so that it could be pulled out essentially from this money, this digital money existed in this physical painting but only to the person that could figure out the puzzle, just like in the same way that the computers are competing to solve the math problem to earn the Bitcoin. But so using a human mind to figure out the correct patterns in which you could get the information to give you the Bitcoin. And I thought that was really neat because you can't like take a dollar bill and break it into digital bits and put it into a painting and then someone extract that value. So that was a really interesting experiment to me. and. My surprise there was how it was received. So in art, you can put in very deep concepts. You can challenge the viewer with whatever you're trying to express or say. And sometimes it's too challenging and people don't want to get into it. They'll look at something that's maybe challenging and then walk away. I wanted to know what it would be like if you put a cash prize basically in something that's also challenging and if it would engage the user to a deeper level. And what I found was that it did. And some people questioned that approach because they thought, well, maybe the art wasn't good enough on its own to then to challenge the viewer. And then some people thought it was interesting just in the human experience. What does that mean about humanity and how we engage ourselves? You see this in the news when people write headlines. And a lot of the times the headlines lead with a dollar amount or something spectacular that's about money. And that hooks people in. So I think it, I mean, it's along the same lines. So anyways, that was my interest initially with uh, Bitcoin and art. You've been making all different kinds of art, right? Even beyond painting. Can you tell me a little bit about the difference between the different kinds of digital assets you created, whether that be access tokens or crypto collectibles or NFTs, or maybe those are all sometimes the same thing. Uh, can you explain to me what you've done with tokens? Sure. So the journey after first just doing the paintings and Bitcoin, which were very successful when we released those. 
It evolved to a little bit of a wider audience. I teamed up with the Let's Talk Bitcoin group to do something more complicated. And that was this idea of the token access that you uh, just touched on. What that did was it was a forum format and we presented the challenges and the players would try to solve the challenge. And if they did, they were automatically, they received a token that unlocked the next phase of the challenge. So now they had this collectible asset that was a memento basically for completing that challenge, but then they also got to continue the journey. And what this did was it protected the experience for the committed players. What we saw earlier on um, in the initial puzzles that didn't have the token access was that people would hang out and lurk when they were trying to share information. So you'd have the people that were working hard and then you would have the people that were just trying to basically um, snipe or swipe answers and then beat everybody else to the finish line. So this protected that user so that they could have a more positive experience and also have a group that they could share information with and know that there was nobody, no bad actors. It was successful to some degree, except that we found it created so much friction that we lost a lot of our users. So the funnel was just too steep for people. We revisited some of those experiences, which led me basically to where I am today with the blockchain game company and thinking about how do we take all of these user experiences and create something that's appealing for the mainstream user, someone that doesn't even know what crypto is, where they can participate in the background, be accumulating these tokens that are mementos, but double as experiences in the game and also have monetary value. So instead of the idea of running through the digital treasure hunt and possibly getting the Bitcoin at the end, the design is now that you start at the beginning. There's no barriers. You can just start playing. You're earning the tokens in the background. Then you're notified once you've created something that's unique. And then your onboarding experience into what that digital asset is starts to happen. And at the, as the end result, over your effort that you're putting into the journey of the game and the world, uh, which in this case is the world is Neon District, so it's a cyberpunk RPG uh, world. But as you progress through the journey and there's different challenges that you'll experience, the combat is simulated so that it's pretty puzzle-like. Then that's when the value comes. So it's educational still, but there's not just a couple winners. It's definitely supposed to be more inclusive. And um, we've thought about, I guess, that same inclusivity both for someone that's not familiar with crypto to even just the art content and what the experience like is for the story base. So anyways, trying to still keep the art heavy, like heavy focus on art and story, and as well as the power of what you can do with these, with these tokens. I guess I should touch on the fact that with these tokens, in addition to how they evolve through your experience with them and what you do, the decisions you make, basically imagine a branching tree, a character development tree. And as you make specifications, your characters become more specialized. But your character doesn't exist. It's not just one token. Your character consists of multiple tokens. So it's a, it's a combination of, in this case, five tokens that you can switch out, upgrade, specialize individually. But when you compose them all into this one character, it's a pretty unique item you've created, both in its story and legacy, as well as what it can do within the game application itself, which is unique and very different and much more complicated than the previous things we were working on. But I think that that is very special in thinking about tokenizing assets, even game assets, art assets. 
Bitstamp is the original global cryptocurrency exchange. Since 2011, Bitstamp has been the preferred exchange for serious traders and investors, trusted by over 4 million customers, including top financial institutions. Bitstamp is built on professional-grade trading technology. Their platform is powered by a NASDAQ matching engine, and their APIs are recognized as the best in the industry. Download the Bitstamp app from the App Store or Google Play, or visit bitstamp.net slash pro to learn more and start trading today. That's bitstamp.net slash pro. Crypto.com offers one of the most convenient ways to purchase your favorite tokens or cryptocurrencies. It's also one of the most cost-effective ways, with a normal 3.5% credit card fee waived for all crypto purchases. What's more, with Crypto.com's MCO Visa card, you can get up to 10% back on things like food and grocery shopping. And when you buy gift cards with the Crypto.com app, you can get up to 20% back. So download the Crypto.com app today and enjoy these offers until the end of September. Basically, your original pieces were static, but demand engagement from the viewer in order to fully experience the significance and even to tease and to offer possibility to the viewer. But now with the digital asset, you created an art that can react to the user that's engaging with it and that's exploring it. And the two can change each other in a kind of way, even though one is an inanimate object. And I find that to be really fascinating. I'm wondering for you, as an artist, when you're using blockchain technology to create this unique thing that can be owned by a person, changed by a person, grown through a person's engagement with it, how does that change your design process, your creative process? I guess thinking about the utility, you're touching on the utility of the tokens. And I'm sure you're very aware that the NFT art space is is blowing up. And one of the things that people push back on is well, I still don't see really the value proposition for this. But what they're not seeing yet is how this idea expands so that digital asset ownership, that token has utility. Even though the artist hasn't given it a platform in which that utility lives yet, somebody like myself who is an um, application developer can take a very famous artist and recognize these tokens within our universe in a special way a way that will give nod to the creator to do numerous partnerships. And they they can change too across networks. So as a developer, I can give new attributes to a token that weren't originally intended. That part hasn't been realized yet. And that's what we're all working on right now. We've done some things, for example, in Neon District, where we created a, a blade. And then in two other game applications, that blade becomes something different. So in our game, it's an art piece, that's a blade. The token has its metadata information. And so the game will read it and interact with it in a very specific way. And then in the two other games, it has different use cases and the art looks different, but the token itself is still the same. And that metadata gets updated across these three different gaming applications. So the history of this asset becomes very rich. Okay, so I hear what you're saying there, but I will disagree slightly. I wouldn't say this is blowing up or booming. I would say it's definitely gaining traction. But anytime there's traction on a blockchain platform, we might have congestion. I'm curious to hear from you. Are you still bullish about gaming and applications built on Ethereum? I am. And the reason for that is when we saw in 2017, for example, CryptoKitties explode and clog the network, that was because everything was on-chain, happening on-chain. And uh, 721s are actually really big. They take up a lot of space. (laughs) So now developers, we've recognized all these problems and we're building solutions for them 
Uh, there's a lot of people working on the Web3 exper user experience, uh, making different ways to share information that does not go on-chain necessarily. But then all of the points that need to go on-chain uh, are still on-chain. So we're basically next generation now as far as how we're going to be building these dApps. And Blockade is one of the companies that is actively working on the infrastructure uh, to make larger dApps and better user experiences possible. Uh, some other companies like 3Box, Graph Protocol. Um, you have the Optimistic Rollup team from Optimist. So there's a lot of people working on these problems, and we're all very collaborative. As you probably know, in the Ethereum space, the developers work uh, very closely and share information. Awesome. I really appreciate hearing your perspective on this. Is there anything else that you wanted to leave the audience with? Anything about NFTs or crypto collectibles or even video games that I didn't think to ask you about, but you think is important for us to ponder? Sure. There's actually some developments right now that some people aren't thinking about that might not be so obvious. And one of them, when I mentioned 3Box earlier, the power of a decentralized profile is a really big idea. And they just put out an article recently that's definitely worth a look. And I think it's, I know actually firsthand from different conversations I've had with AAA game companies, it's a problem they're actively working on integrating into their systems and like with blockchain solutions. So if I was to be someone trying to imagine where is this space going to be in five years, and I was a creative, I would think about what is the power there as far as having a user, and if they have a decentralized profile, what opportunities are going to exist around creating that experience for them? Because there's a lot of business opportunity there and application development opportunity when we start thinking about a user who can go through, customize basically the information, the data they're sharing about themselves and then applications they want to interact with. Like for example, just to give you some reference, let's say I wanted to have like a dating profile, but not actually a dating profile, but I wanted to share relevant information about myself. When I engage with all these different decentralized apps, I can allow people to see the things I'm interested in from my user profile that also can be verified. So you could do a mass token airdrop to these different decentralized profiles of verified accounts and onboard specific types of users that you know have certain user behaviors that they've shared and target an audience in that way. I don't know. I just, I'm like really excited about the potential. I know I kind of pivoted from my dating app pitch, but um, I'm really excited <laughs> about all the things that we can do around verified decentralized profiles, especially as a developer. Like I will absolutely do targeted airdrops to users based on certain specifications to give them customized experiences of things they already enjoy. Wow, I hadn't considered that ability for the artist to reach a specific kind of audience type um, so directly. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing that information with us. And thank you once again to everyone at home for joining us. I'm Coindesk reporter Lee Quinn. For more interviews and insights, check out coindesk.com. Take care, everybody. I'm Galen Moore, Senior Research Analyst at Coindesk. On July 7, I'll be with Lucas Nutzi from Coinmetrics, hosting a live webinar on everything you need to know about a fundamental that's critical for understanding digital assets, Bitcoin Days Destroyed. Join us by signing up at coindesk.com slash sign up.